With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. Hey, I wanted to jump into the American Covenant for just five minutes here and talk about an important principle um, that I want to reiterate with you because I see what's going on in the news, what's happening all around us, and it's, it's a principle that we, we, we cannot forget. <clears throat> There's a chapter in here, chapter six, in the American Campfire Revival, chapter six, and it, it is entitled, Who Owns You and Your Property? Now, that may sound like an, uh, kind of a, an easy question to answer. You say, well, I do. Well, actually, no. Um, we don't own <clears throat> ourselves or our property, according to God. Uh, somebody else does. And there's someone out there throughout history who's always tried to play God, who also tells you that you don't own your stuff, that you don't own really your property, your money, that you don't really own the ability to think freely, speak freely, um, and you don't even really own your children and what you're allowed to teach them. The government wants to lay claim to you and to your property. And so I ask you, who owns you and your property? Um, <clears throat> is it God that owns you and your property? Or does the government own me and my children and my health and my faith and my money? and get to tell me how to care for those things? Or am I a free human being living in a constitutional republic that has been granted freedoms and rights by God that governments are supposed to protect? This is a super important question for us today. I wanna to suggest to you that just like the frog that is slowly boiled in a pot of water we here in America were once living in a free constitutional republic. But because of bad history being taught to us and bad theology being taught to us, we, like that frog in a pot, have slowly been warming up and boiling the life out of us. In fact, I got a little frog this morning that I caught in my garden and I kept him right here. I got this little frog. Whoa, easy there, buddy. And I got a pot of water, and um, I'm gonna put this little frog in a pot of room temperature water, and uh, why, wow, he's totally fine. He loves, he loves water. I've, I've got some rocks in there so that he can swim around and, and climb onto these, these little rocks if I want. Watch this. Okay, so we got the frog. Hey, <laughs> he loves it, it's swimming around. Now, that fire over there, is gonna warm up this water, but very, very slowly. So I'm just gonna do this as a, as a quick little demonstration. He's fine, don't worry, don't be calling PETA, everything's fine. Um, that water takes a long time to warm up. And he's fine. But what happens as we leave him there long enough is that water will slowly warm up and it will begin to make him tired, it will make him lethargic. And, and he won't notice it too much because it kind of makes you comfortable and kind of warm. But then eventually it begins to lessen your energy and your strength. And, and it's happening slow, so slowly you don't really realize that it's getting 
so hot. And then by the time you realize it, it's too late. You've got no more strength and he can't jump out of the pot. And that's how the proverbial frog gets slowly boiled in the pot. We here in America have been taught a bad version of history. We've been taught that, that this is a country that's been founded by a bunch of opportunists and, and conquerors and people who came over and used slavery and, and, and built the nation on the back of, uh, of, of racism and taking advantage of people and, 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 and stealing resources from others. And because of that, we have been given this sense of guilt and this sense of shame about our past and our heritage in this, the greatest, freest, most blessed country in the entire world because we have a false version of history being taught to us and to our children. The people that built this country were primarily biblicists who came here with their hearts being freed from sin, their minds being set free by the word of God, and then built institutions like the family, the church, and civil government according to the mandates from heaven, the eternal rules of right that produce blessing and freedom and prosperity so that we have more than we need to give to others and we're able to elect our leaders and keep evil at bay. And because we've been given a wrong view of theology, a wrong view of God, we don't understand the danger of allowing government to have too much power. We think, oh, if we just elect good guys and, and good women, that they'll protect us. And we don't need to worry about, about them going rogue and stealing our freedoms and our rights and, and enslaving us. But that's because we don't understand what God has told us in his word about the nature of man and government. And that's what I want to talk with you about right now. So, do you know that currently in the United States, you and I work the first five months of every year for the government? We do. You don't realize that, but, if, but, but that's how long it takes us to pay off the total tax burdens from the state taxes, our income taxes, our local taxes, our federal taxes. It takes us five months of the year working all of that essentially goes to pay off, off of our tax burden. And it's only the rest of the year that we get to enjoy the fruits of our labors. Because we've allowed government to take more and more of us and our lives and our property and our money and the things that we have worked for. And it happens so slowly that we don't realize it, like that frog in the pot. In fact, George Washington, the first president of the United States, had this to say. He said, government is not reason, it is not eloquence. Although we see lots of politicians making fancy speeches, he said that's essentially not what it is, though. It is force. That's what government is. Like fire, he said, it is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Like that fire right there. Oh, the frog in the pot. Don't worry. He's fine. In fact, it wasn't a frog. It was a potato. I was just pulling your leg. I didn't want you to get freaked out about a frog. Everybody can breathe now. It's a, it's a potato. 
George Washington said, whoa, it's a raw potato. Government is like that fire. You see, <clears throat> that fire, when it is my servant, I can roast marshmallows over it. I can cook a hot dog over it. But it's a dangerous servant because it might get out of control. It might spread. And if it leaps out of, out of this fire pit onto my tree and gets into uh, the forest around me, it becomes a fearful master. And all of a sudden, when fire is uncontained, it is a destructive force. And it, and it, and it kills. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. In the same way, George Washington saying that government, when it is our servant, is useful. In fact, God created civil government. But it's a dangerous servant because if it gets uncontained, if it is not limited to a small, uh, confined realm and it gets out of control and it gets too big, it becomes a fearful tyrant of a master and it begins to consume everything around it. And that's exactly what we see governments doing in countries all over the world throughout history. And it's creeping more and more and more right here in America. And it wasn't just George Washington. Listen to this. Uh, this is again on page 135 of the American Covenant. George uh, Thomas Jefferson said this. This is how skeptical he was about government um, respecting the rights of people. He said, it would be a dangerous delusion were a confidence in the men of our choice, in our government, the people we elect, to silence our fears for the safety of our rights. He's saying, if we have confidence that our government will make it so that we don't need to fear that we're going to lose our rights because we picked such good people, he said that would be a dangerous delusion on our part. We would be fooling ourselves. That would be horrible. He said, our constitution has accordingly fixed the limits to which and no further our confidence may go. He said, only be confident to a certain point. And don't go any further. It's dangerous for you to go any further. He said, in questions of power, then, let no more be said of confidence in man, but bind him down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. You see, the, the government is just a expanded version of the individual. 
And the individual has a heart, the Bible says, that is deceitful and wicked above all things. We have selfishness and greed and pride that dwells within our heart and it turns us into the me monster. The me monster. Me! More! And government is a corporate me monster that always wants more and more power. Never put your confidence that government will respect the rights of people, Thomas Jefferson said. And then George Mason, who was the the father of the Bill of Rights, Listen to what he says. He says, from the nature of man. And how does he know that? From the word of God, which tells us that, that, um, that man is essentially, inherently, from Adam, selfish and deceitful. From the nature of man, we may be sure that those who have power in their hands will not give it up while they can retain it. Have you ever known somebody who has power that willingly just gives it up? when they can retain it. I can think of a few people in history, George Washington being one of them, who willingly gave up power when they wanted to make him king of America. And he said, what are you crazy? You don't want to make me king. You don't want anyone to be king. Remember, Israel wanted a king and God says, no, you don't want a king because kings will take more and more power. They won't give it up while they can retain it. They want to expand it. And George Mason said, on the contrary, we know that they will always, when they can, rather increase their power. Do you not see that happening in America? Our government, our political institutions, our educational institutions, our medical and health institutions are gaining more and more power. The technology powers, the technocracy that is in force gains more and more control and power over our lives the longer we let them do it. And we should never feel safe that, oh, they're just such good people that they would never strip away our liberties. Understanding the nature of man by having good theology, reading God's word, and understanding history properly demonstrates that the heart of man can never be trusted. That's why we need to be born again. We need to be born from, from the Spirit of God and given a new heart with new desires so that we begin to love what God loves and hate what He hates. But even then, our founder said, the selfishness in the heart of man doesn't die easily and so therefore government must be bound down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. So there, there you have it. So many of the people I talk to about this, unfortunately, sort of throw their hands up and shrug their shoulders with some kind of a lame response like, well, you know what? When we see government taking more and more of our money, our taxes, they take away the ability to teach our children what we want and they teach them stuff that we don't want. And you know what? I really don't have a right to my own body anymore. I got to do what they say and put whatever inside of it that they tell me I need to, or I'm not a good person, or I can't be part of the society. Oh, well, that's just the cost of living in a society like ours. Render under Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Okay, that won't cut it. That is lame. And that is not true. That comes from a bad understanding of God, of who you are, and who government is. And who owns you and your property and your body and your health and your children? 
We've got to understand this. You know why? Because whoever we allow to tell us how we are going to use our life, our money, our property, our children, will become our Lord. Whoever you allow to control what you do with your children, your body, your money, your property, your thoughts and your speech, whoever you allow to dictate to you, to mandate to you, to determine and decide for you how you're going to use the things that God has entrusted to you, that will become your master. You belong to God. Your family belongs to God. Your health care belongs to God. And he has entrusted those things to you to manage, not the government. Government rightly seated, rightly contained like that fire is to be our servant to protect our God-given rights from those who would try to steal them away from us. Unfortunately, that good servant has jumped out of its confines over and over and over, and we're watching it even here in America. And it is becoming a fearful master. Think about that tonight. And remember that God loves to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are completely his. Surrender your heart to the Lord again tonight. Pray to him with passion. Thank him for his goodness. Rejoice that he is close to us, that he is near to us. And he loves to liberate his children against all odds in the most unlikely circumstances through the most unlikely people. People like you and me, people from nobody, from nowhere with nothing to offer but a campfire, a song in our heart of praise to God, a humble attitude, and a, and a bravery and courage to obey God and do what he says in every aspect of our life. He loves the David and Goliath story. He loves the Moses versus Pharaoh story. He loves the Red Sea moments when we are backed up against a wall and his children cry out to him and he dries up the sea and makes the bottom of the deep a highway so that his children can escape to the promised land and drown the enemy in the process. I believe that we are coming to a Red Sea moment for the family of faith where our back will be up against the wall And against all odds, where it seems like there's no hope, God is going to show up with a miracle. And he's preparing us with his words to humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways and seek his face, to rejoice during this Christmas season, to pray continually and to give thanks in all circumstances. I believe that if we do that, that we will be prepared to act when God calls us to. God bless you guys. I hope you have a great rest of the night. 
Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.